0: I'm, uh, if I'm honest, I'm struggling a little bit tonight, <laughs> not for myself but for somebody else and uh, I, uh, I've just got i I've got a heavy heart but not for myself, it's not my, it's not me. And whilst I, I appreciate all the songs we've sung, I just want us to sing a quiet song of worship which just goes back to God and it's. And it's uh, one that you will all know because you sing it at Christmas, and it's very simple, just sing it a couple of times because I just want to, just to get that focus. And, uh, and I, I think you know, I'm not, I'll try and lead you, but if I start in the wrong key, we'll stop and start again. But do uh, you sing at Christmas, oh, come let us adore him. And uh, I just feel I need to, just to sing a quiet song of worship to God, either that or hallelujah, but, uh, but uh, maybe we'll sing them both. <laughs> but uh, so where should we start
1: oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore
0: Let's sing the other one as well because Hallelujah just means praise the Lord or praise him. So if you know it, join me, I'm sure you probably will it. So if you can't you'll pick it up very quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) No offense to uh, to you, my brother, but I just needed to... Just to uh, yeah, no, Just a few quiet quiet moments just before the Lord, like that, so yeah, thanks uh, Romans, you know, I love the book of Romans, I really do, and uh, and yet funnily enough, I find it difficult coming here sort of almost every other week as I am at the moment, and taking a chunk and then missing a chunk and then taking a chunk and then missing a chunk and then taking. That's almost harder than if I was asked if I just do the whole thing or, or not come at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all the time, it, it, there's no, you can't take a passage or, or part of it in isolation because the whole thing is such a complete thing from 1 to 8. And uh, I was saying before we, before we met this evening that sometimes I start at chapter 8 and work back to chapter 1. <laughs> Because, you know, chapter 8 starts, therefore, and so therefore you've got to ask, what's it, forgive the pun, but you ask, what's it there for? So you go back to chapter 7. And that comes out of the fabulous teaching of chapter 6. And so sometimes, you know, I just find, you know, wow, how did we get to there? Well, because of that. And because of that. And because of that. And because of that. And because of that. But... Uh, So even just coming in at chapter 15, which I will read to start us off, and then uh, I shall ask, what then? Uh, Well, what then what? (laughs) But uh, anyway, here we go. Uh, Where is it? I'll make sure I've got the right place. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Question mark. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, notice the tense, God be thanked that if you're in Jesus Christ, you were slaves of sin, Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. We've been delivered then from that um, position of being a slave to sin, and we've been delivered to the doctrine (laughs) which is righteousness, as we'll see. Having been set free from sin, you became slaves. (laughs) You've been set free to be slaves. It doesn't make sense, does it, really? But it, it does, but if, you, if you really look at it as we hope to look at to it tonight. Having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. And Paul writes, I speak in human terms, because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members of slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness... So now, present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be an Alleluia or something on that. Bless you, brother. <laughs> it deserves it. <laughs> for and here's probably one of the most used passages, certainly in evangelism, for the wages of sin... Is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. <laughs> well, <yeah>. what then? <laughs> isn't that where... what then? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what then you see this this comes out of the the beginning of of chapter 6 which you you heard from someone last week what then and the what then i think we'll sum it up because the, uh, the the 1 to 14 is probably summed up for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace if you're in Jesus Christ, you're no longer under the law of sin and death. Oh gosh, I'm in Romans chapter 8 already. <laughs> the law, you're no longer under the law. Gosh, I'm coming again to do this one in two weeks' time in Romans 7. This is the problem. <laughs> this is, really is the great problem. But So let me try and, and, and focus down. But it's probably been said two or three times already because it, it's it's said in different ways. It builds up. So doesn't it say shall we continue to sin that grace may abound in other words we are so much under grace that anything is permissible to us there is nothing now that we are that we can't do absolutely nothing we've got we still got that wonderful free will but before we were saved oh gosh before we were saved (laughs) we had a conscience but so often we probably seared it many 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 times and I hope, as Christians, we don't sear our conscience anymore because, as Christians, it's not so much searing our conscience, but, um, uh, but, 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 but um, hurting the Holy Spirit. But when we were in Christ, in, in, in Adam, when we were in sin, before we came to Jesus, this is really where we were. We were slaves, absolute slaves, almost powerless. I don't know where you were or what... I mean, I can think back to before I really took the gospel seriously, and I've always been, even since I, Jesus wanted me for a sunbeam at the age of three. And I like to say he got one, but that's another story. <laughs> but, you know, even way back then, and until I took, Je- until I took the Lord seriously, <laughs> I wasn't a very nice person. You may think I'm not a very nice person now, but I wasn't a very nice person then. You know, I was angry... I had, oh gosh, I had some habits that I'm certainly not proud of (laughs) and uh, you don't need to know about because that's all in the past, I'm a new creation. But some of them I could do nothing about. I was helpless. Let me give one example, I was the champion of giving up smoking. (laughs) I could do it every Monday. Every Monday, I gave up smoking. I I, I said, "This week, I really mean it." And if I lasted till ten o'clock, I was really doing well that week. (laughs) uh, These things hold you, and if you are a smoker, I mean, you know, don't don't be condemned by this. But you know, it's a it's a really hard thing. And I was really completely and totally powerless. I I I, I tried. I wanted to, but probably I didn't want to hard enough. But I wanted to. (laughs) I was a slave. I was a slave. I had, some, uh, I had some nasty sexual habits. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I couldn't break them. I was a slave. I had some bad language. I was an angry young man. <laughs> I really was. I didn't suffer falls gladly. I wouldn't suffer myself now. <laughs> but I couldn't suffer falls gladly. You wouldn't have known me. And if you did, you wouldn't have wanted to know me. You <laughs> know And that's not, uh, I'm not exaggerating, I'm I'm probably close to the truth. And there wasn't much I could do about it. I was a slave, slave to sin. This sounds like the beginning of Romans chapter 6, and you might have heard all this last week, but it's obviously... (laughs) But, (laughs) but, when Jesus comes into our life, when we receive the Lord... Something happens, doesn't it? There's those wonderful verses. It's, it's my testimony in one verse. If anyone is in Christ, I'm sure you all know this one, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And uh, as I was reading through it just on this passage here, I want to pick something, just one word, if I can find where it is. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. There it is, flesh. Now that word, in many, many in the Greek, I, won't, I don't expect you to remember this, but in the Greek, that word is sarx, S-A-R-X. And it actually means flesh. Jesus Christ was crucified in the sarx, in the flesh. And yet, so many modern translations of the Bible have now taken that word and they call it human nature. <laughs> and uh, Human nature is something, our human nature, was something that we did have. Now we've got a spiritual nature. Now we've got a new nature. You must be born of the Spirit. You say if we've still got a human nature and a spiritual nature, we're almost schizophrenic. You know? So whenever you see that word human nature in your Bible... I did it be, even before I understood why I was doing it. I just felt it. I actually had black marks and and, and put the word flesh, and put the word flesh. Uh, you'll, you'll come across that in, in Romans chapter 8, and I don't think I'm doing that one. So. But I died. My human nature, I died. I was buried with Christ, as you heard last week in baptism. I'm a dead man. But thankfully, I was raised up again and with Christ, to newness of life. And now, I'm no longer a slave... Oh, there's a song, isn't it? I'm no longer a slave to sin. <laughs> I am a child of God. <laughs> so it's good to sing some of these songs, they do. They, uh, they're, they're singing truths. But I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm not saying I don't sin. It tells us that if anyone says that he has no sin, he deceives himself, and the truth is not in in him. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful, and I like to put it this way, just to forgive. (laughs) He wouldn't be just if he didn't forgive us, because he says he will. So he is faithful, and just to forgive us our sin, and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. You see, that means that now our natural state is no longer that of sin, but our natural state is now that of righteousness. Yeah, I, I will go this way. When God created, I might have preached this before here, I don't know, but if I did, I don't care, because this is what the Lord has just put on my heart. And if you fall asleep, well, <laughs> you need it. <laughs> Bless you, brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, babies have that effect. Huh? <laughs> you love them, but boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you see, when God first created us, you know he, you, you know, the story of creation, He made everything and made a beautiful and a perfect place for us all. And when it was there and it was all complete, he said, right, now I've prepared the place for the real purpose for which I've created it all anyway. And he bent to the dust of the earth and he created man. Wow, it's all created for you. Everything about this creation is made for you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's not bad, is it? <laughs> but you see, he did something else. He blew... The breath of God, the breath of life, the breath of the Holy Spirit into man, which the animals were alive, but they didn't have that breath. <laughs> and so Adam was in the likeness and in the image of God. And God had said to Adam, Be blessed, be fruitful, fill the earth, subdue it, <laughs> you're free. But just that one thing, which is where free will comes, just so that we, you know, that's another subject, but of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. And you know you know the story, Adam. Eve was called on her own, and the devil came along and deceived, and she took the fruit and brought it with her husband. And they ate. Everyone blames Eve, but they both ate. And they died. But they still lived over 900 years. But something in them died at that time, and it was that, it was that breath of life. And so that the image and the likeness of God was there, but that likeness, that, 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 that spirit, that life, that breath of God was gone. And it says in Genesis chapter 5, and I think it's verse 1 or 2, right at the very beginning, it says that Adam knew his wife Eve, and they had a son, and they called his name Seth, In his own likeness in other words it was just what God wanted it was born in the image of his father who was Adam who was born in the image of God but there was something missing that breath of life was missing in Adam and though his sons were born in that same image without that breath (laughs) and that's what it really means to be in Adam or the doctrine of some people call it the doctrine of original sin because (laughs) we uh, we were born in a sense to uh, to parents and to grandparents and to parents and to grandparents and blah 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 all the way back <laughs> in the image and the likeness of Adam and in a sense that happened all the way through every, every generation they were in Adam it said in Isaiah about them that all their righteous acts were like filthy rags if I can take my coat it will be as if as if I'm clothed clothed in Adam uh, I'm clothed in him. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter how good I try to be, it doesn't matter how often I go to church or to Cornerstone, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I give all my money to the poor, it doesn't matter how many hallelujahs I might sing, or how many, uh, how holy I might look. I'm in Adam. Uh, and in Adam, I can't satisfy God, I'm imperfect, I'm not perfect. Oh, I'm looking forward to the next time I come, Romans 7. Oh. <laughs> in Adam, uh, we're in him. It doesn't matter what we do, it doesn't matter how good we are. Oh, and, all, and all these other religions that you see, they're all in Adam and they're all trying to do something to please God so that they can, they can get to him they can't. I can't take this off. I'm stuck with it because I'm in Adam. Um, Thank goodness the story doesn't finish there. <laughs> uh, but that's what it means in a sense to be a slave to sin. I'm, I'm in him. I'm, I'm a slave to sin. There's nothing I can do, even however hard I might try and give up cigarettes, however hard I might try and be a better person, however try, hard I might try and stop this and stop that or, or do this. I think you all probably understand what I'm talking about in that. You know, we're, <laughs> these things are almost impossible to us in our own strength. You know, when we're slaves to sin, we're caught by sin, and we can't get away from sin. We're in chains. And we had a song even tonight about being in chains. And thank God, God that He can break those chains. But it's as if, you know, being in Adam is like being in chains. Remember Nicodemus? <laughs> a dear old man. Uh, Part of the uh, the Sanhedrin, part of the um, the ruling people of, of 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 the Jews at that time. In chapter three of John, if you if you if you, he came to Jesus at night. He was probably afraid because he didn't want to really to be seen associated with this this way out preacher who <laughs> that the the, the, the the rulers didn't like. And he came at night, and he thought there's something about this man, I'm going to go and have a chat with him, I'm going to have a nice religious conversation with him. And he came to Jesus and he said, he said, Jesus, we, we recognise that you're a man of God because no one could do the things that you do. Yeah. And Jesus didn't turn around and say, well, actually, you're quite right, Nicodemus, you know, yeah, let's, let's sit down and talk about it. He, he turned around and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I don't understand, Lord. What do you mean? Must be born again. I can't go back into my mother's womb. How can it, that's not possible? How can that happen? Nicodemus, you must be born of water and the Spirit. Ah, he had been born of water, and that's not baptism. That's do don't quite know where that doctrine comes from. It's not baptism. We are born of water. We are. Bo- we are water. We are born of water. We are born of the mother's, mother flesh. Nicodemus, you've already been born once. You've been born of water, but you must be born a second time. You must be born of the Spirit. Ah, if you want to see the kingdom of God. (laughs) Because otherwise, Nicodemus, unless you're born of the Spirit, you might be a ruler of Israel, you might be one of the holy men, but you're still in Adam. I mean, obviously, that's not what he said, but I'm just using that same illustration. Still in Adam. And then along came the, the, resu- the, the crucifixion and the resurrection and what I like to call Resurrection Sunday when the, the disciples, still afraid, still didn't fully understand, still totally confused about what had happened to their Lord and were still afraid, could be us next. I mean, Peter responded right that way, didn't he? No, I don't know him. I don't know you. <laughs> And it said all the others said the same you know in a sense that you know i'm sure that they were not many of them were there to to witness the, the scourging in case so there was fear and they were in a locked room they were in an upstairs room locked and jesus had been resurrected that morning wow and he came into that locked room suddenly there he appeared no wonder he had to say first of all don't be afraid Wow! <laughs> don't be afraid and he he said, As I have as the Father sent me, so I send you And then he said, Don't be afraid. And then he did something. It says, He breathed on them. Ah now, where did that come? Oh yes, when God breathed life into Adam, of course. <laughs> breathed on them. And said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow, now he'd gone to the cross. Now these men, they obviously believed on him, even though they were confused and didn't understand. And now, now that he'd gone to the cross, he'd paid the price of their sin, and they could be born again, born of the Spirit of God. <laughs> and he is able to take off the clothes of Adam. <laughs> I'm not going to throw it on the floor, because I don't have to wash it. <laughs> and now they're no longer in Adam they're now in him ah oh, I would love to come straight to Romans 7 oh ah. Ah, watch this space watch this space ah. oh I'm getting excited I'm feeling much better than I did when I started oh gosh now they're no longer in Adam. It doesn't matter. Their works mean nothing. Their works meant nothing before, but now they're clothed now in the righteousness of God, born of the Spirit of God. And when a man, a woman, even a child and, uh, receives Jesus, they are born of the Spirit. And that's all it means when people say, oh, you're a born-again Christian. You ought to say, well, there's no other kind. Because God didn't say it would be a good idea to be born again or it would be quite helpful to be born again. You must. You must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. You must be born of the Spirit of God. So now, where we were, in a sense, slaves to sin, slaves to sin through Adam, now, wow, we've had the Spirit of God living in us. It doesn't always come through on our faces. probably when we first get up. You should have seen me this morning. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't always show on our faces. But by faith, we receive him. By faith, we know that he lives in us. And we let him guide us. And we let his word guide us. And now, we're slaves to righteousness, slaves to the word of God. We still make mistakes. Just when we were in Adam, sometimes we did some good. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of people who do a lot of good in the world, but they're still in Adam. Now, we're in, in Christ, and we're still, we're still slaves now, but we're slaves to righteousness. Paul put it in a way, he said, the love of Christ compels us, and the Holy Spirit strengthens us and, and enables us. So when we do mess up, and has anybody here never messed up? Because you can come and tell me how you do it, and I'll come and sit down again. When we do mess up, oh, we don't have to say, oh, I've lost my salvation, and some people do preach that. Shame on them. We go to God. And when we mess up, so often people hide from God, they run from God, but when we mess up, when we sin, what do we do? We should run to him. Run to him and say, oh, Father, I'm so sorry. And don't worry about saying, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I've done it again. He doesn't say, what do you mean, again? (laughs) Because he doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Huh? Huh? (laughs) doesn't keep that record. We we do. We think, oh, I've done it again, and then we have to. Then we feel like we've got to carry around this sack of repentance or this sack of remorse. Oh, oh, oh! When oh. <laughs> God doesn't want you to do that, He wants you to get up, receive His forgiveness, and keep running and keep walking and <laughs> until you do it again. And then you say, "Sorry, Lord, I've done it. This is what I've done. Help me, forgive me." <laughs> and the word "again," I don't think is in His in his economy in that context. Because as far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our sin from us. So, uh, oh, Romans 7, I want to come into, oh, gosh. I'm gonna preach it to myself when I get home. (laughs) But can you see, now we're slaves to righteousness, but it's not the chains of bondage it's the chains of freedom in a sense. It's almost, it doesn't make sense, does it? It <laughs> doesn't make sense. Because we are free. Everything, it says, all things are possible. All things are permissible. We've still got that same freedom. But not everything is beneficial. Ah. So how do we learn what's beneficial? By <laughs> well, listening to the, the Holy Spirit, by reading his word. Spending time in his presence. Ah. Uh-huh. You see, it's summed up and I think I I'll use this as a summary so to sum up instead of jumping to Romans 7. <laughs> Last verse. For the wages of sin is death. Huh? There's wages for sin. <laughs> you know, the devil pays wages. Uh, sometimes, you, you know, for, for example, shall we say the The spiritualist healers who don't know Jesus. Oh, there might be a healing, but there'd be a price to pay. You know, you'll get some wages for it and it won't be righteousness. (laughs) There's a price to pay. The wages, the reward, the recompense, whatever word you like to use for sin, when you're in Adam, and that's your destiny, is death. Because if you're in Adam, you're not just a slave to sin to slave to wickedness your destiny is hell don't hear many preachers talk about that these days but that's your destiny your destiny is hell but once you're clothed in his righteousness you still have a destiny i think oh this came up last time i spoke didn't it about our predestination we are predestined according to the foreknowledge of god and that predestination is heaven And if you're in Jesus Christ, if you're clothed in his righteousness, and the other side of the room is heaven, just with this illustration, I'm here, there's my destiny, how I get there is entirely my choice. Now, perhaps I'll go this way. But whatever way I go, whichever path I walk, hopefully hearing the small voice of God behind, but sometimes we don't, but whatever path I take, my destiny is to get to heaven. So right. i haven't gone yet i wish i had but i haven't gone yet <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still here, am <laughs> well wouldn't that be lovely oh so no maybe not for you but wonderful for me <laughs> uh, but are you understanding me are you following how i'm uh, how I'm, I'm putting this across we have a destiny which is heaven and we still have a free choice how we get there some people say oh oh gosh if i don't do this i think i'll only get god's second best have you ever heard that or something like that (laughs) well he hasn't got a second best he's only got a best there are some things that aren't good for you but that's not god's choice that's your choice but if you're walking in obedience and in love to god and you know he hasn't got a second best I've made some wrong choices but somehow they've always worked out there's always been a a good solution in the end not because of me but because of him because if I jump even further to Romans chapter 8 <laughs> all things work together for good for those who love him and are called by him so even though we may mess it up somehow he can redeem it and we'll redeem it if we promise to stand on his word. So I'm trusting, and, I'm, I, and in fact I know, I can tell from your faces, <laughs> that we're clothed in righteousness. And I'm looking for a bunch of slaves who have been set free to be slaves again. <laughs> uh, you're no longer a slave to sin, but we're, we're captivated. Let us give you a different slant on it. We're captivated by the love of Christ, we're captivated by the, the, the power and the, and the, the goodness and the, and the generosity of God, oh he's still God, he's still God Almighty, he's still just but he loves us and he cares for us and he wants the best for us and uh, so, so I hope that helps you to understand a little how we can still be slaves. But slaves set free. Free slaves. Slaves by choice. Amen? Amen.